White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at Eckerwall23. That is Lawrence spelled backwards, 2-3. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is called Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Go there and subscribe. Maybe you can win a Locked On Socks prize pack. 312-566-8727 is the way you can reach us via voicemail. A lot, a lot, a lot of voicemails uh, this weekend, uh, even games that we weren't even uh, doing a post game for. Guys are guys and girls are sending in voicemails for that. So 312-566-8727. Send them at any time. We will see them all transcribed, and that's my favorite part, the transcribed versions of these because they uh, blank out all the cuss words and then spell <laughs> me or Tanny's name wrong. 312-566-8727 or LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. But without any other further ado, it is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how's your evening? Oh, it's great. Happy Monday, everyone. It's a nice. That's more like it, isn't it? White Sox sweeping the Rangers out of the south side. That's more like it, I think. It is episode two. 18 here on Locked on White Sox, and we are brought to you today by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15, and that's going to get you 15% off your next order. I got to tell you real fast here, Herb, I got the email from Built Bar yesterday. It says, hey, we're running out of the coconut brownie chunk. You better get your dumbass some. They didn't say that, but that's what I was. That's how I read it. So I ordered myself up some of that coconut brownie chunk before it was gone. That's good stuff, and of course, we last week got delivered our shipment. It was uh, what cookies and cream, and co- of course, coconut for yourself. Yeah, I got a uh, salted so, caramel. Yeah, it's a good one. I had that one. Like I ordered some of that in my own batch, and I tried it over the uh, weekend. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, still got some left at the studio, and I maxed all the peanut butter brownie in the week that I had it. It's, it was gone. It was like like Chris says, it tastes like a candy bar. So it's a good one A to B thing, especially as a person that doesn't really get a lot of breaks and can't leave the board, especially in Cubs games. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a nice bridge to from lunch till dinner. Yep, exactly. All right, so White Sox uh... – you know, we don't do a show and they go ahead and uh, rip off a three-game sweep of the Rangers. We got some catching up to do here. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turtle Bridge Division Street. Let's go. So that was Friday. We'll recap the whole weekend series here because we haven't got a chance to, to speak to you guys since uh, Thursday's show. And uh, Friday's show, excuse me. So Dane Dunning comes to town and... Uh, I was wrong on that one. I was way off base. You were a little bit closer, but uh, but old Dane on Friday, he got touched up a little bit. Two and two-thirds innings, eight hits, five runs, all of them earned, two walks, two strikeouts, uh, a very lackluster performance. Uh, he was barely outdone by Dylan Cease, and we'll get to him in a second. But let me just say, so like the entire weekend, you know, I've spent a considerable amount of time watching the Sox as we're one to do. And uh, I had the evening basically just me and my daughter and I on Saturday and, you know, just watching the game on TV. 
And it was just so cool to finally, I had this moment, this moment of clarity. Uh, the Sox are finally good. There's fans in the ballpark, and they are appointment television every night. And that's something that we could not say in 2020, at least with the fans not being involved. But it's a totally different dynamic with the fans being at the ballpark. It makes for a better aesthetic when you're watching the game. You could feel the energy. It's just, it's just, it just, it's so awesome just to have that part of our lives back. The Sox hadn't been good since a month in 2016. So it's been at least five years since we've been able to put all those things together. Competitive team, you know, fans in the stands, you know, division title, World Series aspirations, all that stuff, and just good energy around the team. And I'm just really enjoying it. And I hope uh, Melissa, our contest winner, she submitted her question to Friday's show, and she enjoyed that game Saturday with that walk-off win. But it's just great to have this back in our lives, Herb. Let's just start there. It's just fun to have the White Sox there for you every night, and you know that they're going to put out a solid effort, and the fans are going to be there cheering them on. And they seem like they're more into it than uh, in years past, it seems like. Yeah, the old saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So being off that whole year into 2020, especially the expectations going into that year, probably gave fan base. And I haven't been to the ballpark yet. And I've got two games that I was supposed to go to. I did not get to go to. One got rained out. The other one was my mom's wedding. And so I have been jonesing to get to the ballpark. But watching it on TV, I can feel the energy. I can feel the fans giving the team energy they don't have to create their own and these guys are are milking it they're they're feeding off of the energies given out to by the fans and i at the house you know you're mean home run yelling really loud like no other time in my life <laughs> just like going really wild the you send me a text yesterday i didn't get to watch any of the game on saturday because of my mom's wedding and you send me a text that says Nikki walks it off and I'm like thinking home run and then I thought it was like oh Nick Magical is probably a sharp single but no nah, you know Texas did you, did you the think whole I, week I miss I misspelled a bray you when I put Nick something I was like what the hell's going on and then I see the play I was like that was a rocket shot and they're yeah. playing him like a, he's like some little leaguer but Nikki yeah we'll get you know, to Nikki that ball we'll get to Nikki two strikes in a little bit but yeah it's just it's great like the the bats are coming alive Herb and I got some offensive numbers here for you but getting back to Friday. Friday's game, uh, Dane Dunning got touched a little bit. Yoan with a big night, had a home run late in that game. Um, that, you know, that, Dane looked good early, and maybe this is kind of telling as to why when we were going over his game log and how he hadn't been going deep into these ball games, but so but he had been unscathed so far, in relatively speaking, in 2021. But the Sox finally got to him a little bit on Friday, and uh, frankly, I was uh, pleasantly surprised by that. Not, you know, I don't want to see Dane Dunning fail, but I thought right-handed. You know, uh, right-handed pitcher going against that lineup who had not really impressed that much uh, in recent vintage. I was surprised that uh, Dane Dunning got ran out of there before the third inning. Uh, me too. I said three earned runs or more that he was going to give up. I thought he was going to go six innings, give you a quality start, six innings, three earned runs. But no, the White Sox were tagging him, and they did a good job with runners in scoring position, stacking hits on top of hits on top of hits. Really good job of just not chasing Dane Dunning's stuff. Two walks, two strikeouts. So that type of pitching I thought would give the White Sox trouble, as you said, right-hander, a guy who spots his zones, and he was missing. 
and the White Sox made him pay for exactly uh, his misses. Maybe uh, the adrenaline got him through the first couple innings, and then the White Sox like, that's enough. That's enough, kid. Yeah, so let's talk about that offense a little bit. Um, really encouraging signs here over the weekend. Let's just go over some of the uh, the players involved here from the plate. Tim Anderson this weekend, 4 for 13. Eaton, just 2 for 13. Moncada, 7 for 11 with a couple walks in that big home run late in Friday's game this weekend. Abreu, 3 for 12 this weekend with a two-run blast in the first inning yesterday, giving him 2,000 total bases for his career. So congrats to Pito on that one. You're mean was six for 11 including a four for four on friday and he just that was so just fun to watch your mean on friday and then he of course leads you know in his first plate appearance on saturday i know you probably didn't see it but he hits a rocket shot off the uh, basically the the top of the wall on the, the white Sox bullpen side in left field line drive uh it, it caroms perfectly to adolis garcia and your mean earned much more than a single there, but that's all he got there was a single. Then he promptly gets thrown out, which is my favorite thing that happened the weekend. He gets thrown out on the next pitch, uh, would appear to be a botched hit and run, but I like to refer to it just as a, as a caught stealing for Yermin, that Yermin was so upset that he can hit a ball that hard and only get a single that he wanted to get his double regardless, and he got gunned down there at second base. But another amazing weekend here for Yermin. He just continues to be that dude, and you know you keep waiting and waiting and waiting for the your mean thing to to go away or to you know slowly fade but he hasn't you know we're gonna go try that urinator burger i think this week hopefully herb uh over there at freddy's on the south side it looks so damn good and they're talking about it a lot on the broadcast but this your mean thing uh can't stop won't stop it's really nice to see the guy has an approach and a, and a study habit of these pitchers it seems he knows what they offer and I love the way, you know, back in the past where Hawk would be like, man, he's seeing that ball all the way in. Yeah. It's dangerous. Your means he's that all the time. Like, he's looking curve balls, any breaking balls, he's looking that in, and he's moving his body with the ball. Because we've seen a couple times where somebody would throw a a, a hanging slider, a hanging fast, a hanging a curve ball, and he'd be following that up or down wherever it's going, especially on two strikes, and do some damage with it. The, the ball he hit to right center field over the center fielder's head, that was a straight ball that was, I think it was a curveball inside, and he just took the other way, following its track and its trajectory, and just powered that ball to the right center field gap. So it's not a fluke, guys. This guy's a serious, serious hitter. And they need to get it back to him every time he needs him. And he's a DH, so very few times do we need to put him on the bench for rest. If he's asked for one, give him one. But otherwise, put him in the lineup. Absolutely. Uh, rough weekend for Yasmani Grandal, 0 for 6. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, just 2 for 6 this weekend. Uh, Luis Robert, 3 for 11 this weekend. But let me tell you this. So after before Madrigal's walk-off on Saturday, Luis Robert put together a great at bat to start off the inning. He he draws a walk, um, but he's just, you know, he, he got behind 0-2, I believe it was, and then he worked himself back into a full count, just, you know, spitting on those breaking balls on the outside edge and making the adjustments 
within the at bat, which is, you know, we've seen him try to adjust from at bat to at bat, but seeing him adjust within the at bat itself in a big time situation was just so encouraging. So he draws the walk and then there was some questionable managing there where, you know, they, they, they bunted him over to second with Yasmani. And that was one, not one of my favorite things of the weekend. Uh, we guess what her, we found out that our highest paid player uh, can execute a bunt. And I, I hope we never have to see it ever again in our life. Okay. Um, you know, so I know, you, you know, it's just, uh, it's enraging. But so that puts on your mean to, to first base with the intentional walk. And then Nikki's two strikes comes up here, Herb, and provides, uh, you know, one of the great moments here in the early season. And definitely, I think, the highlight, definitive highlight of the weekend. Nick to right. Two strikes gives the Sox the win. And Nick Madrigal picked a great time for a sixth run driven in. Gallo was shallow. It cost him the game. Thank you, Stoney, for channeling your inner John Sterling in that one. Gallo was shallow. <laughs> um, so Nick Madrigal just with a great weekend here. He was 5 for 12 this weekend. And just proving, you know, we have to give him his props. But, you know, I got some for him that I didn't like in Sunday's game uh, real quick in a second. But just awesome play this weekend. Awesome situational hitting. He continues to do it all year. He doesn't let the mistakes in the field which are slowly fading away a little bit. Uh, he doesn't let those compound and bring them out to the dish with them and there's just no one in baseball quite like him right now with that two strike approach and his contact rate. Just elite level contact rate and I think you know we're, we, we kind of felt this is what Rick Hahn wanted when, when they drafted Nick Madrigal when they did and you because the, the, the framework of the core was already starting to, to take hold and then they draft Nick Madrigal and you know we all thought okay this would be a good complimentary piece but he's proving to be just more than that because when you look at this lineup and in, in balance in its totality he's just pr providing a dynamic at the bottom of the order where there truly is there truly are no easy outs with this White Sox lineup and you know we we wrote him hard last year for his mental errors because we hold these guys to a higher standard when they when they come from these big baseball institutions and they're drafted in the first round as we should you know so but finally now we're starting to see why he was drafted in the first round because this hit tool is pretty elite he may not hit for power he may not slug uh he did go ahead and get that double after that walk off he made sure to touch second base as our friend chris <laughs> collins chris collins mentioned that on twitter like at a boy nikki and make sure to get that slugging percentage up but the nick magical just a great weekend herb and you know it's i'm finally ready to, to to give him a rest and not ride him so hard and people are just like hey where are the nick magical haters now which is like the worst narrative i've ever heard like no no one's hating on the youngster. We just we this we have high expectations for this team. And when you're first round pick, you know we say the same things about Zach Collins. You know, like we're, no one's hating on Nick Madrigal here. But I'm finally starting to see what they saw when they drafted him, and it's fun to see. It's it's a dynamic that you don't see a lot in today's game. And the White Sox have it in Nick Madrigal, a guy who can you know spray the ball to all fields and just know the exact right place to put it when it when he's pitched. Uh, in a specific location, and it, it proved to be, uh, you know, he saved their asses on Saturday, Herb, after a bad outing from Liam Hendricks, and the, the bats weren't really there Saturday. Uh, Nick Madrigal saved the Sox on Saturday, and it's just it's, it's fun to see him out there doing his thing. Yeah, it is, and uh, to address that thing you're talking about with the haters, it's just like, guys, it's not hating when we're calling out 
plays that we didn't like that he does. It's not, oh, he'll be he'll grow out of that. We're giving him the proper amount of uh, criticism that he needs. And now that he's hitting, we'll definitely give him a shine. He has done well for himself this week, and he's turning into the player, as you said, that they envisioned, that they talked up. The smart baseball player, like in the game on Sunday, he was – it was. I don't know if it was Adam Eaton on his own or if this was called. Yeah, but it was a safety have, squeeze. Yep, I've got it. I've, yeah, I don't know if I had this play in my notes, but yeah, this, yeah, I have this in my notes as well. Go ahead, you can uh, speak to it. Yeah, it was Adam Eaton safety squeeze. So he bunts it to the third base side. The pitcher fields it, looks him back, and then Adam doesn't. I mean, uh, Nicky doesn't go all the way back to third base. He gets the same length as the third baseman is away from third base, and then once he sees the pitcher uh, commit to throwing the ball to first, he breaks for home and scores standing up. That is the base running I was promised. That is the smart heads up ball that I need to see. And I, he, he's been doing that all weekend and probably for a week and a half long. He's been doing the right thing. Somebody has gotten to his ear or he, he himself has looked himself in the mirror and said, hey, Nick, we know we're better than this. We know the hit tool is always going to be there, but we need to round out the rest of our game. And that's what he's doing. We're going to take a quick timeout, and we're going to talk about what this team is doing. The Sox are 12-9 and right now. They finally got over that 500 mark, and now they're just sort of blitzing uh, past that. And uh, three games over after the four-game winning streak here, sweeping the Rangers this weekend. And I'm going to get to some of these offensive numbers, uh, actually uh, numbers from uh, both sides of, of the ball, and tell you why this team is doing what they're doing without – uh, numbers that you know they're they're not startling here in terms of individual numbers. But when you look at the totality of the team, they're doing pretty well right now. We'll do that next here on Locked On White Sox. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our new friends, a new sponsor. Welcome on into the show, Ten Ten, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. Ten Ten is an exclusive collection of ten creative styles of diamond rings designed by the ten most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life, and she deserves it, doesn't she, folks? They're available now through Mother's Day only, only at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and they're fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I'm on BlueNile.com right now, and one design that stuck out to me is number five, Lola Fenhurst. This designer out of Paris has crafted a quiet yet luxurious ring with beautiful ascending beads, which is a good metaphor for a union. You can purchase that ring at the 10x10 collection now at BlueNile.com. That's the number five, Lola Fenhurst out of Paris. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over. Baseball's just getting going here. You've still got the NBA going. Lots of good opportunities to make some money in the NHL as well every single night at Bet Online. As a matter of fact, Herbie, Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV, and other types of entertainment. Yeah, I'm looking right now at the hot dog eating contest. BetOnline.ag has an entertainment section for the competitive eating. Right now, they have a bet up for Joey Chestnut eating 
over or under 74 and a half <laughs> hot dogs in the hot dog eating contest. Whew, friends. Um, I, I love 70, that. Should we do some more research on that one before? We I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know his records like in the 70s, yeah. but he's getting older. Like, I think he he got his 75 is the last year's um, hot dog eating championship. So he's got that record already. I don't know if there's impetus. He keeps on breaking his own record. I don't know if there's impetus for him to keep on doing it because there's no one close to him. So he's battling against himself. To eat 75 hot dogs in one sitting is ridiculous. So I'm going under on that one. I'm going under for Joey Chestnut, 74 and a half hot dogs in the hot dog eating contest. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'll have to do some more research here before I make my decision and plunk my money down at betonline.ag. But they've got everything. You can bet on... Uh, who's going to win the 2024 election already. You can place a futures bet on that. If you're into the markets, you can bet on how well or how poor the market's going to do on a daily basis. There's a lot of interesting things and lots of different ways to make money at betonline.ag. The odds are updated in real time, and there's props on almost anything you can imagine, as I just said. It's got you covered for the news, scores, and odds, and BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up, best of all. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts and do not forget our promo code locked on when you sign up and get your 50 percent bonus at bet online this year the locked on podcast network is partnering with the draft network to cover the nfl draft live get insight and analysis from locked on local experts and the draft network's national experts subscribe to the locked on nfl youtube page to watch the live three-day coverage of the nfl draft april 29th through may 1st so I mentioned we got some numbers here, Herb. You know, the, the White Sox are 12-9. and nine. They are right now sitting behind the Kansas City Royals in the standings, which I don't envision that just being the case for long. Uh, they're a game and a half back of the Royals. Twins scuffling a bit. The Indians not, uh, you know, they got it handed to them a little bit by the Yankees this week. And this here are the Sox in second place, uh, and they're surging. So one of the things you like to look at when you look at a team's offensive output and where they should be in terms of their record is you look at that run differential. And then right now the White Sox are operating at a plus 17 run differential, which is pretty good. It's fourth in Major League Baseball, and it's third in the American League. Uh, early, you know, I think we spoke about a week ago after that Boston series. I think it was second in all of baseball. So they dipped a little bit, but even though they've been winning more, which, which is funny. So they're fourth in the American League in runs scored with their 108-ing, 108 runs scored. Um, and they're getting the job done despite the absence of the home run. This team is going to hit home runs, Herb. I think we can both agree on that. Once you know, it's still pretty cold here in Chicago for those listeners who are checking us out across the country. It's not ideal hitting weather on the South Side, uh, despite some of the uh, the the high runs scored that you've seen over the past couple of days. Uh, but as far as the long ball goes, this team's going to hit home runs, but they're not doing so right now. The, the team is only 23rd in baseball. They've hit only 21 home runs, Herb, and. Abreu leads the team with five of them. He's good for 19th overall in all baseball with just five home runs. Uh, as far as OBP, you've only got three guys in the top 50, Yermin, Moncada, and Madrigal. 
Uh, they are second, though. You talk about a team stat, team OBP. The Sox are 341 on base percentage, uh, second in all of baseball, and they're seventh in walks. We talked about this team early on in the season taking their walks, and I thought that was a good sign. That's something that we've never really seen the White Sox do, even when they were you know, at their high offensive output in the early 2000s when they were basically a softball team. But they really weren't getting on base at a, at a great clip. It was a lot, you know, a lot of solo home run ball. Uh, but they're getting on base at a, at a 341 clip, and uh, they're walking uh, 78 times so far in 2021. And they've only got three guys in the top 100 in OPS. You're mean. And of course, Adam Eaton, who else would be leading you in OPS, and Yohan Moncada. So, but in the team OPS category, they're fifth in all of baseball. So, lots of encouraging signs here that they're not getting the big numbers and the, and the hot starts so far from some of their best players, like TA after missing 10 days. Abreu, the MVP, is finally starting to come around after being a shell of his former self early on. But you look at these team numbers, and that'll tell you everything you need to know about where this team is right now. And they're finding ways to get it done. To despite not having the best efforts from some of their best players. Yeah, and that's an encouraging thing to see, that they're getting the job done. I mean, the wins are are a little less than I thought they would be. We've had uh, discussions about some of the games that they've lost, but they're one of the best teams in the American League, as we thought they would be, and they're doing it without the long ball, which is very surprising to me. Even without Aloy, I thought people would be into the groove of hitting home runs early in the season. And uh, the weather has played a role here as White Sox haven't got premium weather. It's coming up this week when they face the Tigers, I believe it is. Tuesday's yes. going to be a gorgeous day, about 70 degrees, probably at night it's like 65. So balls are going to be flying outside of guaranteed rate. But, you think uh, Chris Castellani is going to do some angry recaps? Do we do we foresee that in our future here? It, he had a really good one. I think it was on Saturday after Saturday's day game on loss. Lockdown Tigers. <laughs> yeah, well, he had it on his Twitter at Chris uh, Castellani, and then you can follow him at Lockdown Tigers. He was, uh, I guess, Matthew was it? I forgot who had pitched. Uh, Brady Singer went against them for the Royals, um, and he and Chris just eviscerated the Tigers' offense that day. Um, it, was, it was good stuff. He was bringing the heat, man. So I don't wish uh, aggravation on Chris Castellani, but I think it's coming here uh, with the Rangers coming to town and the weather warming up uh, will do wonders for this offense too. We'll take a quick time out and preview what's coming up tomorrow here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Quick health update here from yours truly. Uh, last time we touched base, I was down about eight pounds due to my new training and health regiment where I've given up a lot of the sugary treats that I used to enjoy and I've replaced them with Built Bars. And I'm down from eight pounds down, down to 11 pounds here on my fitness journey since February. So I'm very pleased at the success I've been having and it's all thanks to Built Bar. And granted, it's not only Built Bar. Built Bar doesn't make you lose weight, but what it does is it gives you a high protein snack with less calories. And if you're a chocoholic like I am, they're perfect because they are always covered in 100% chocolate. And I ordered my latest batch. It came in the mail last week. Herb ordered some for the office and that's come in so clutch for us at work and at home. As a matter of fact, do what I did. Sign up for the Built Bar email blast and they'll tell you when one of your favorite 
favorite flavors returns. For example, tonight I got an email about how coconut brownie chunk returned. It was one of my favorite flavors. They sent me a, a box of them just to try them out. And by the time I went to order them a couple months back, they were already sold out. So Built Bar sent me an email, said, hey, better get them before they're gone. And that's what I did. I went to Built Bar's website and ordered up 18 of the coconut brownie chunk. They are so delicious. A whopping 15 grams of protein and only 150 calories with just 7 grams of sugar. Uh, part of my latest batch that I ordered as well, Cherry Barcia cookies and cream peanut butter brownie a new one that i've tried i thought it would be too heavy it's not it's 180 calories and check this out a whopping 19 grams of protein and only five grams of sugar to me it doesn't get much better than that satisfies the sweet craving and keeps you full keeps you energized and keeps you held down until your next meal go to builtbar.com today and use our promo code locked 15 and that's going to get you 15 percent off your next order again that's builtbar.com promo code locked 15 for 15 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now featuring analysis from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason Lockhanfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts from every team making trades and picking the next stars on their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y Odyssey. All right, Herb, we mentioned the Tigers are coming to town, and Lucas Giolito, I guess, will be on the bump on Tuesday? Yeah, and that's what I want. Uh, it's good to have, you know, I was a little scared that they had um, Michael Kopech pitching today in the stead of Lucas. I think, what, he chipped off a, a tip of his finger uh, doing some, uh, what was he? He was, it, he was he, doing some Michael Jordan yeah, stuff, I, trying to get a cigar I, going. No, <laughs> he, he tripped over Carlos Boozer's gym bag. Um, <laughs> Brian Greasy's dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but Lucas said he was. Let's. I wanted to ask you. Thank you for reminding me of this. Um, do you buy this? He said he was. He was twisting. He had a, a glass bottle of water, which is really some next level rich person shit. Like yeah. I don't know that they still made water in glass bottles anymore. I, I'll, I I see at the Amazon store at our office that they have the boxed water. They like you know they tell me that's the best thing for the environment. So here's Lucas Giolito saying he had a glass bottle of water. Um, you know maybe fancy fancy lad a little a little Pellegrino maybe I don't know. But he said he had a glass bottle of water and he he didn't know that the the top was not a twist off so he was trying to open it up without using a, a bottle opener and he and he cut his uh his uh, index finger or i think it was his middle finger he cut his middle finger up pretty pretty good there so uh they expect him to pitch this week but are you buying that glass bottle of water friends what's going on here uh i mean <laughs> if he says it I, he, uh, he, there's no really real reason to lie about things i don't think for lucas Giolito. Yeah. so i'm gonna let him <laughs> Keep that out there. But it also gives him a couple days rest after a tough outing last time out there in Boston. So he's going to be really fresh. He's going to have at least eight days of rest um, when he hits the uh, hits the rubber versus the Tigers. So I'm looking forward to the offense exploding because I know the, the guys are going to want to get something done for Lucas. You know, he gave him a stinker. That's not Lucas. So. The Tigers are coming in. The White Sox usually feast. And then Lucas is, knows what the Tiger hitters are going to present. So I'm looking forward to a great Tuesday night where the, the White Sox are going to showcase exactly the team that I think and everybody thought they were going to be. The pitching's going to be there. And then we're going to get the hitting. We're going to get the home run ball 
back into the White Sox uh, offense because you could see Yoan. He's, he's he's getting there. And I think you sent it. He's like, uh-oh, Yoan. He's yep. getting there. And you could see it this weekend. What is he? He said he was very conveniently 7 for 11 this weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he had himself a nice four-hit night with the, with the home run on Friday. And, yeah, just doing a great job, just situational hitting right there. Just he looks comfortable out there, you know. And you know, that's the, that's it's got to be Yoan. Like if this team is going to do what they're going to do, Yoan's got to be a big part of that. So, yeah, it was really encouraging to see Yoan get out there and do his thing, you know, because you, you this hitting thing is contagious. I do believe that old adage, you know. So it, things, things are starting to fall into place for this team and you mentioned the pitching herb uh right now they're 10th in team era so you know not great but you know some room for improvement there but uh, also explains it keeps you in a lot of games and this bullpen has stabilized a bit despite you know they are worked in, overworked a little bit i think here recently you know they do have the advantage of the off day today and they had of course the snow out the other day but then immediately on friday's game they had to roll everyone out and we're going to get to that a little bit in tomorrow's episode when we talk about this whole dylan cease and michael kopech dynamic here we're going to talk about dylan cease's outing from friday how that relates to what kopech did yesterday and i know we, and we went through this whole show without mentioning kopech but we're going to spotlight michael kopech tomorrow on the show and just you know talk about what their plans are for for michael kopech what are the white Sox doing uh, is is it sustainable is it a smart plan what do we think they're going to do um what should they do we'll, we'll cover all those things uh, on tomorrow's show yeah and i'm looking forward to that because i have some things to say about dylan season of course some things to say about michael kopech so that is Chris Tannehill. You can follow him at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. And our show, Locked on Socks, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, 312-566-8727. That is Harold Baines, AJ Brzezinski, Mark Burley, Jorge Orta, Bo Jackson, Carlton Fisk, and Tim Anderson. If you want to leave a voice message, then LockedOnSocks at gmail.com if you want to just leave an email. For Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on this Monday edition of Locked on Socks.